Hi, welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant. And I'm Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And today's episode is brought to you by Fairhaven Health. Are you leaking breast milk in between feedings? Now you can collect that milk rather than throw it away in your breast pads. And today's episode is also brought to you by the Breastfeeding Shop. The Breastfeeding Shop helps new and expecting parents around the world with their breastfeeding journey by supplying breast pumps and accessories all through your insurance. Um, But we will hear more from our sponsors later, but you can head to badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com and check out our sponsor page. If you need anything, see if you can give them any of your business because they make this podcast possible. And while you're there, scroll down and enter your email address, and we will send these episodes straight to your inbox every week. And don't leave without checking our shop page and see all of our merch. Uh, And we are still hosting our ongoing giveaway for people who leave reviews around the internets. And you can send a screenshot of your review to badassbreastfeedingpodcast at gmail.com. And we'll send you a little goodie bag of stickers and little cards. And it'll be fun. Yeah. yeah, I did have somebody that emailed that was like, are, are you still doing it? So yes, we absolutely are. We are. We are. We're just going to keep going on until, I don't until know. Until we run out of stickers. Out of stuff. I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'll probably still keep ordering stickers. So yeah, I don't Diane know if we'll ever run out of stickers. stickers. Yeah. I like them. I like <laughs> them. They're fun. <laughs> I, I do All have right, a, a Diana, review. Yeah. Go. You yeah, have Diana. I have a review. review of the week. Yeah. Amazing podcast. This podcast is incredibly helpful and I'm constantly learning from these ladies. There are so many misconceptions surrounding breastfeeding and they've clarified so much for me. Diane helped me and my newborn daughter as we worked through a lip and tongue tie pre and post phrenectomy. She's made the experience so comfortable and easy. Definitely recommend. Thank you too so much. And this lovely was um, a home birth who did, who is, you know, just an amazing um, parent who ended up having to go back to school after like two weeks or something ridiculous like that um and just did you know amazing oversupply and a gassy baby and just like so much stuff going on that she was working through so she did fantastic um so thank you so much for you know for leaving that sometimes i don't know like i don't even remember if i told her about the podcast i don't know if she just kind of found it on her own or not but it's neither here nor there but um she was just, you know, I learned from her, you know, like I learned from our parents too. Like yeah, the, yeah. the parents that we talked to, oh my gosh, I learned so much from them about what's going on. And it's just amazing to see them just flourish and, you know, do so well. Um, she had a little boy. She has a little boy too. So wasn't her first go around and still needed some support because every baby's different, right? Every baby is different. And you forget. You do. Well, as soon mm-hmm. as you're holding a newborn baby again, you're like, oh my God, I forgot about yeah. this. What do I do? And an, another one of those situations where like no family in the area, you know, like nothing like that, just kind of transplanted here. Um, I think, you know, her husband had some family in the area, but she didn't. And just the same thing we talk about all the time, right? Like yep. it's, it just, yeah. So thank you so much for putting that out there. I, I appreciate it so much. Um, and I always like the parents that I meet. I'm always like, God, I could be friends with all these people. You know, yeah. like, I just, <laughs> yeah. we could just be friends. We don't even have to talk about breastfeeding stuff. You just be buds. Yeah. But, <laughs> so, yeah. So, send us reviews. You already know how to do it. We talk about it all the time. Um, send us a screenshot and, you know, we'll send you some stuff. 
But um, yeah, today we're going to talk about galactagogs. This is a big fancy word for improving your milk supply. Stuff that improves your milk supply. Stuff. Not improving your milk supply, but like things that improve your milk supply. So I don't remember why we came about this. Do you? I don't remember, but it's one of those things. It's like, why? how have we not talked about this before? Yeah. How have we not talked about it? I mean, I think we maybe have in, you know, in, in various ways, but not just like straight up. Yeah. We've never dedicated an episode to it. Yeah. And there's a lot. I mean, there's definitely a lot to talk about because people love them. People love them. I mean, a pill or a cookie to solve your problems is pretty sweet. It's <sighs> almost like too good to be true. I know. I know it. <laughs> so when we talk about galactagogs, and that is like, if you're like, what the hell kind of word is that? That is like the term, what we talk about for um, for taking something to improve your milk supply. And it could be either, there's three kinds of galactagogs. There's your food, and that's like the cookie, oats, you know, things like that, that people talk about, eat this food and it'll improve your milk supply. There are herbal galactagogs, and that's like your fenugreek and um, moringa and different kind of herbs that are out there that you know increase that claim to increase milk supply. And then there's pharmaceuticals, where there's a couple of actual medications that have been known to increase milk supply. Now, the way it works. And we'll talk about the pharmaceuticals first, because I was like, eh, what should we talk about? What should we talk about first? <laughs> where do we and begin? Where do we begin? But um, the pharmaceuticals, I think, are pretty quick because it's you don't you just don't find people that use them that much, and that is yeah. because they're first of all you need them prescribed to you. Um, there's two medications specifically. One is called Reglan and one is called Domperidone. And if you live in the United States, you cannot get Domperidone because the FDA banned it. So it is, I think there are some like backwards places you can get it. Like I've heard of people saying that they were able to get it, but, um, and why was it banned? What was the, um, because of the, bad side effects, like, uh, like psychotic side effects, right? Yeah. 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 And like heart arrhythmia, which was, okay. I think, rare, but it was still a side effect. Yeah. Especially if you're somebody to, that's prone to stuff like that. Um, So they banned it, but it works. That's the thing. It works. And the way it works, what it, what it does is that it increases your prolactin. So we know that prolactin levels, when prolactin levels are higher, your milk supply is high. And that's why like those overnight feeds, we always talk about how like important those overnight feeds are because it increased, that's when your prolactin is highest is overnight. So that's why your milk supply is higher overnight. Um, why you're more full in the morning, why you leak more overnight and why we say you want to keep your supply high or, or if your supply is low, make sure you're doing those night feeds. That's the first thing we talk about because that is going to increase help increase your supply because you're feeding off those prolactin levels. The other thing with that is prolactin levels are higher when you're breastfeeding too. So pumping right after a feeding, that's why that it helps increase your milk supply if you pump directly after a feeding because you're taking advantage of those high prolactin levels. If you wait, because sometimes people are like, well, I don't really get much milk right after feeding, so I wait a little while. But that's not the point. The point is to take advantage of those high prolactin levels and kind of stimulate that. 
Yeah. So that's what Domperidone and Reglan both do. They stimulate that prolactin and increase your prolactin levels, which in turn will increase your milk supply. So Domperidone is known to work. Um, but like I said, you can't get it in the United States. You can get it in other places. So we do have a lot of people that listen from all over the world. Um, so that is why I definitely wanted to talk about it because people, people are listen taking from it. all over the world. Yeah. yeah, people are taking it. Now, the thing with Domperidone, though, is that it has to be a prolactin issue. So you can't just be like, oh, I've got low milk supply. Let me take Domperidone. And then you go, oh, it didn't work for me because maybe it wasn't a pro. Like if your prolactin is fine, your prolactin levels are fine, um, then you're like, the pro- Domperidone's not going to do anything for you, right? Like, right. Like if you're, like if you're having, if, if you, the baby has difficulty transferring milk. Right. If you just increase your milk supply, that's not going to do anything. Exactly. That baby's still not going to be able to get it out. Right. So this is why, like, I think that's like, case you could tell this key here. Yeah. Well, and that's like the major, I mean, one of the major problems with these things is that it's just automatically people are like, oh, I'm not making enough milk. So let me take this pill and I'll take, and it'll, I'll make more milk. But that's, we, we don't know what the problem is. Right. You got to figure out what the problem is first. So, um, but like I said, you know, that the Domperidone comes with side effects and Reglan. So Reglan is available in the United States, but also has psychotic side effects. So, well, how does that make sense? I guess maybe they're not as bad as Domperidone. I don't know, but they're, they're there. Um, and I've had people that like started it and then went off of it because it was too difficult. But Reglan too, it's very like, it has to be very controlled. Um, you can't take it for long periods of time. Um, it is like, they're not easy meds. Like you just, and like I said, you have to have somebody that's going to prescribe it to you. So you have to have somebody that's like, oh, okay, I think you do have a milk supply issue. Let me, you know, give you this medication. You can't just like call your doctor like an antibiotic and be like, hey, can I have some Reglan? Because I, I likely not, you're not going to get it. I would not. I mean, I will. I would use formula before at that. this point. Absolutely. Yeah. And it just it's I mean, another thing too, where it's it's like, do you really have a milk supply problem? That's well, the right. thing. Is that even the problem? And then you're starting to take these pills that have these crazy side effects. Which having a baby has crazy side effects too. We don't mm-hmm. need to add any more of this. And then and oh, that's ooh, I don't the know. Thing. It seems like, scary to me. You've got, you know, you've got a medication that can potentially cause some, you know, depression or anxiety or whatever the, you know, the the psychotic side effects are. And you've got a mother who's postpartum. Right. So, you know, the two don't really go to well together. Um, but that's, you know, it does help to work to increase prolactin levels, which will help to increase milk supply. So those are the two medication ones. Like I said, you know, I've been doing this a long time and I haven't come across it very often where people are actually taking them. Occasionally here and there, um, I've heard, I heard somebody I used to, you know, I used to have a colleague that worked in the NICU and I think it was, she made it sound like it was kind of common when parents are bringing a baby home from the NICU because you work so hard to try to keep a milk supply or try to get a milk supply when your baby's not latching in the NICU and all the, the stress of that, that they will sometimes take Reglan, but you really need to be followed and it needs to be something that you're doing with a provider, mm-hmm. lactation consultant, you know, all of that. 
The ones that people go to most are obviously food and herbs. That is what you see the most of. Yeah. And I don't even know which one to talk about first. So let's talk about foods. Foods. Sure. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of evidence behind it. Is there again? No, not really. No. I mean, it's funny because when I when I Googled food is a galactagog, you get all of these blogs that come up talking, giving you lists of foods to eat. These are the foods that saved my milk supply, saved my breastfeeding relationship was these foods. Really? I doubt it. Because why are we why are we giving an oatmeal cookie the you know props for saving your milk supply? Like that's not that's not what's going on here. Um people claim that, you know, it does help with prolactin levels, things like oatmeal or whatever. And you know, we'll give it the benefit of the doubt. What if it does? Right? Mm-hmm. What if it does? How do you know how much to eat? Yeah, how do you even like do you would research need to eat a lot? That? Right. For it to how like actually- often? How many times a day? How like how, what how do you know what to do with it? How much does cuz you have to it's like anything, right? Like how much works. And you don't know that going in. Somebody's like, "Oh, eat some oatmeal." Okay. Do I eat still those steel oats, whatever they are? Uh-huh. Or do I eat regular rolled oats? Do I eat the Quaker oats with the guy on the front of the thing? <laughs> do I eat like what do you eat? Do you eat overnight oats? <laughs> what like what what is it? And how much? Do I eat three bowls of it? Yeah, can I put milk changes in it? When you cook it. Yeah. Like different depending on how you cook it, even like it, it food changes. Right. I don't know. So how do you know what to do with it? And yeah. how do they research that? Honestly, how do you research that? But there isn't research. There really isn't. The, people's anecdotal blogs, that's not research. And also, that's the exact same thing as we were talking about with the medications. It's like, what if that's not even the issue? Right, right. That's not, it's and, all, we keep talking about increasing milk supply, but a lot of times that's not even the issue. No, and you see that all the time where people will put in, you know, in the mom's groups or in, you know, different um, breastfeeding groups and stuff like that, which I am not knocking those at all. I think they are great. I think they are super helpful for support. But when you're like, I think I have low milk supply because I only pump two ounces and somebody says, oh, eat this, take this herb, eat this. This worked really great for me. That isn't, first of all, pumping two ounces isn't a milk supply problem. And I had this no. conversation with somebody the other day too, who thought she had a milk supply problem and was pumping two ounces. And I'm like, because she was told that by another right. lactation consultant. Right. And I'm like, that's not a milk supply problem. So you got to know, like, is it really, are we really dealing with a milk supply problem here? Is that what we're really dealing with? Or are we dealing with somebody who's got a little bit of anxiety over, around breastfeeding, which is everybody for the most right. part? <laughs> yeah. So what are we dealing with here? Like well, we need to we really just, look at that. What? Yeah. And what if the milk supply problem is just because like baby's not feeding well? Right. We need to d- identify that. Like, can't, I mean, like there's not milk supply that you're just like, you're, you're like, your your situation like the you know the situations where you truly cannot make a full milk supply like the um IGT what mm-hmm. or the or like insufficient glandular tissue yes, yeah or with you know PCOS I think sometimes people have problems right 
Yeah, yeah, because of hormone levels, yeah, or breast reductions, things like that, yeah. These things are really not common, but people saying that they have a milk supply problem is so common. Mm -hmm. All of these people do not have IGT or PCOS. These are usually people that just don't have the information about how to breastfeed. Right. Right. And if you have a situation where like the baby is not stimulating your supply, that is absolutely going to cause a milk supply problem. Yeah. Which is not going to be solved by any of these things. No. Oatmeal, Domperidone, any of that. No, it's not. It's absolutely not going to be. No, it's not. So, and the cookies and things like that, I mean, they're expensive. Well, this is the thing too, is... You know, we live in, of course, we live in capitalism. So we have this huge market of people who are anxious about their supply, who are, um, you know, who who will do anything, right? Who will do anything to be successful with their baby. And, and so we just capitalize on that. That's a market yeah. now. That's like literally people sitting in a market and a marketing team sitting in a room going like, okay, so, you know, let's target these people. Mm-hmm. Let's target these consumers. But these are humans with problems. Yeah. And I think a lot of the times with things like breastfeeding cookies or whatever, the, you know, lactation cookies, I think the people that create some of those, because some of them are just like somebody baking this up in their kitchen and they decide to market it because they really feel like it worked for them. But they don't have any, anything to back it up. Right. Like it's just there's nothing to back it up. Um, and that is why you will never see us have them as a sponsor. I was gonna say, yeah. You don't yeah. Hear, you don't hear us, do you? No, we've never and, no, and let's we've not never pretend like that. they don't they just nobody's ever approached us. No, because they have that's not that's not the case. Yeah. Absolutely not. But with the, saying that, why we should yeah, probably why don't do we ours. take a break yeah. for some awesome sponsors. <laughs> yeah. And now we're going to talk about herbals because that's the big one. Yeah. Seriously. That's the big one. All right. We will be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Fairhaven Health. The original milk saver is designed to wear on the opposite breast while breastfeeding, but sometimes we're leaking in between feedings when we are on the go or at work. The Milky's Milk Saver On The Go is a discreet and comfortable breast milk collection system that requires zero effort on your part. You simply slip them into your bra while your milk collects inside them. When you are ready to empty them, you pour your collected milk into a storage bag and add to your stash to use for any of the dozens of uses of breast milk. They cannot be seen under your clothes, they are small enough to carry in your purse, and they're reusable. These can also be used to protect sore or cracked nipples while they heal as they create a small opening and protect around the nipples. Save your precious breast milk, money, and the environment by cutting down or even eliminating the use of breast pads. Breast milk is worth saving. Check out the Milky's Milk Saver on the go at fairhavenhealth.com. That's F-A-I-R-H-A-V-E-N health.com and use code BADASS for 15% off of your purchase. And today's episode is also brought to you by the Breastfeeding Shop. The Breastfeeding Shop helps new and expecting parents around the world with their breastfeeding journey by supplying breast pump, breast pumps, breast pump accessories, and more through insurance. The Breastfeeding Shop works with most health insurances like TRICARE, Aetna, Cigna, United, Blue Cross Blue Shield, and more. 
As a female-owned company, the breastfeeding shop helps provide resources to moms so they have a successful outcome. Whether it be for a mom who chooses to exclusively breast pump, to breastfeed, or both use a breast pump and breastfeed. It's not just about shipping a pump to the new mom. It's understanding and relating to her needs individually and making her day a little easier. Check out all of the Breastfeeding Shop's breast pumps at thebreastfeedingshop.com. And all of our sponsors and the promo codes can be found um, under the show notes under this episode. Well, today's sponsors and their promo codes can be found in the show notes under this episode. But at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com, you can check out our sponsor page and check out all of our sponsors. And you will also find all of our other episodes over there. And you will find information about scheduling your very own one-on-one online lactation consultation with Diane. Yeah. All right. So, so supplements. let's talk about the herbs because these are probably the most popular thing. Well, I mean, the cookies are, I think are pretty popular, but these are really popular, the herbs. And you've got different herbs that people tell you are going to be super helpful and increase your milk supply. The most popular one is fenugreek, which fenugreek is like, can be not a good thing to take. Um, there's like, you know, there could be some allergies associated with it. You can get some gastro side effects to it. Um, I always tell people to stay away from it because it can impact like the, um, the absorption of certain medications, Mm. thyroid medications being one of them. And a lot of people are on thyroid medications. So if you're taking fenugreek and you have a thyroid problem, if it starts interfering with your thyroid medication, then you're really going to have a milk supply problem because thyroid regulates all your hormones. So if that is not working, then your milk supply is going to tank. So, and I've had that happen. I'm not just like saying it. I've actually had that happen. Um, Not to me personally, but to a patient. Anyway, (laughs) so fenugreek and people have allergic reactions to fenugreek. Like, and again, this, the herbs, fenugreek is popular. Um, Moringa is very popular. Blessed thistle is very popular. And I know that there are cultures that really do a lot with this stuff. You know, they really do a lot with the herbs. For a very long time. Yeah. Like this, this has been, no, it's not. It's, you know, ages old. And this is what people, you know, how people have treated different symptoms, different things, you know, their whole lives with these herbs. Um, But when you look at the actual research behind it, when it comes to milk supply, there is no good research behind it. Well, and I there think- have been studies done, but they're just, they're not good. There's not any good research. There's, you can't really do any good research. And there's just, it's, it's so inconclusive. Yeah. I think the problem with research in this area is that again, most of the people reporting, most of the people reporting a milk supply problem don't have an, like a, a, an actual milk supply problem. Right. They have misinformation about, you know, how and when to feed. The baby maybe has, you know, ties or some other kind of issue where they can't get the milk out. Um, and so then we're doing research on who? Because you need right. somebody qualified to sort through all of these people, identify the people who actually do 
have milk supply problems and then do your research. Right. And that's not happening. And it's, except it really, it's very inconclusive and the research is really poor. Um, the other thing that comes along with this is that herbal supplements are not regulated. So what is in them? What the hell is in them? And when you get these pills or these capsules that have herbs in them, how much is actually in them? And how much works? Again, with the same thing with the oatmeal. How much do you take? How much works? How much is too much? What is toxic to a baby? What is going to give you side effects? Because what is in one capsule might not be the same thing that's in the next capsule because they are not regulated. Yeah. So we don't really know what's in them. So they are kind of like, they're called like grass, like generally recognized as safe by the FDA. But it is note, you know, noted there that they are not regulated and we really just don't know what's in them. So how do you know that, it, that it's safe? And people are like, oh, I can just take this. It's, a, it's an herb. It grows in the ground. It's perfectly safe. Sometimes there are side effects to these things too. And if you don't really know what you're taking, like that to me is kind of scary. Like I know that there's people that are like, oh, I wouldn't, I would never, you know, I don't like to take an ibuprofen. I don't like to take anything like that. Um, I don't like to put medication in my body, which I get, but they have no problem with herbs. It's like, but how do you know what that is? Like that to me is worse because we don't even know what's in that. Yeah. Or how it's going to affect your baby. And some of this stuff, if taken too much, can be toxic to a baby. Um, And some of them do cause side effects. And the other thing too, some of them come from families that if you have an allergy yourself, if you have an allergy to certain nuts, if you have an allergy to certain beans, they come from this family. So you will, the chances of you triggering an allergic reaction because you have an allergy to something else. But those are things you don't know, right? Like you don't know that. You don't know that this met, that this herb is related to a chickpea and you're allergic to chickpeas. So now you've got some kind of allergic reaction happening. Yeah. People don't usually look into that stuff. No. And this is why marketing is so scary because people can say whatever they want mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be true. It, 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 no. Like people can say, I mean, there are certain things that you can't say. There's certain laws around marketing, but there's not very many. And you can say, like this is safe to take. There's even some that are marketed to take during pregnancy. Yeah. This is safe to take during pregnancy. This is safe. This will increase your milk supply. And, you, and they put it right on the bottle. And but that's not, they're just writing that. It's that's marketing. They're telling you something to get you to buy it. That's all marketing is. And it doesn't have to be true. There's nothing about marketing that has to be true. No, absolutely not. They just and want that, to sell that's you. That's scary because you know some of these things are marketed. I mean, and there are people that go, people go to school and study the human brain and the way it thinks in order to market things to you, to get you to believe, you know, that this product or whatever that you need it, that you will benefit from it. It's like it's it's like, it's kind of gross. It is. Yeah, it is kind of gross. Um, uh, yeah. So, so I do have some info. One of my books kind of breaks down some of these herbs and gives you like what the side effects are. So I want to, um, I do want to 
talk about the fenugreek because that is the most popular. So now, fe- I, can I just, before you start, fenugreek can work. Is that right? Like, um, do we have research around fenugreek? Cause I feel like very limited. It's very limited research. Okay. Yeah. There's not a, there's like, there really is not any of the herbs. There really, there's not a lot of definitive. And it says here, like appears to stimulate, uh-huh. Some hormone secretion, thereby, thereby elevating prolactin. It appears to do that, mm-hmm. which isn't like, oh, research tells us that, blah, blah, blah. Like, it is like, oh, well, you know, right. it appears to do that, but they don't really know for sure. Um, but the adverse effects contains coumarin, which may interact with NSAIDs, possibly causing bleeding or increased bruising, diarrhea, wheezing. Hypoglycemia, nausea, diarrhea, flatulence, fainting, facial edema, possible urine stimulant. If allergic to chickpeas or other fabacy family plants, such as soybeans or peanuts, may be allergic to fenugreek. Maple syrup odor to urine and sweat may interfere with absorption of oral medications. And the infants might have that maple syrup odor as well. Like, there's a lot going on there. So this is not just oh, let me just take this herb and it's going to be harmless. Right. There's a lot of side effects happening here for something that you don't even know is going to work, but you're taking it because somebody on the internet told you that it would, that it works. But this person on the internet doesn't know what kind of what kind of health history you have. And they also don't know if you really have a milk supply problem because you probably don't. Um, Fennel is another one that is used, um, can, you know, adverse effects, atopic dermatitis, photosensitivity. Um, there's like a lot, there's some not, you know, some of them have unknown side effects that go along to them. It's just a lot of them have gastro effects to them, which means that, you know, you might get some diarrhea, you might have some, you know, gastro problems, which also kind of go back to the baby too. So you might notice that your baby is a lot fussier with these herbs as well. So you really have to kind of give it some consideration. Um, if I have somebody that tells me that they're taking them and this did, this happens, you know, quite frequently, you'll say, well, I'm taking this and this and this. Okay. Do you feel like they're doing anything? Not really. Okay. Should I keep taking them? I'm like, they're pretty harm. I mean, like if you're not, if it's not bothering you, and you don't mind taking them and you want to take them. Okay. But I wouldn't count on it doing a whole lot because they're really not known to make huge changes. So if you're banking on it, then probably not. Now, one of the other things that we see a lot with these is that maybe you have started this herbal supplement and you're pumping more and the baby's feeding more. and you've seen your milk supply go up. So we always go, oh yeah, it must've been that fenugreek I was taking when it was probably an increase of pumping or feeding the baby, which did it, not the herb. Also, which is another thing that you have to look at with supplements. It's or with the research with supplements. So it's like, okay, are these people only taking this or not doing anything else? Right. They're not doing anything else because you have to only look at that. Well, and your milk supply changes. mm -hmm. Your milk supply changes because of all kinds of reasons, even just like time of day or 
day of the week or yeah. your period or, you know, like your milk supply changes, which by the way, reminds me, we have to do an episode on that because somebody sent me a message. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, where we could talk about all of that, but like that, it changes constantly. So uh, what are we basing it on? What day of the, what day are we basing it on? Right. Exactly. Cause it's going to change all the time. Um, one of the studies that I read preparing for this, I really, I liked it a lot. I'll have to try to, um, I'll link it in the show notes because one of the things it said was the herbals a lot of times will increase the mother's confidence, which oh, in turn yeah. increases right. milk supply. What the placebo effect, right? Yeah. So we've got a placebo effect that works with this a lot too. And I guess like placebo effect, I didn't really think about that as confidence, but I guess you can yeah. in this situation where Just you can believe be like, that it's working. Yeah. Be like, this is working for me. So that's kind of why I don't tell people like, oh my gosh, no, you have to stop taking it right away. Right. Because if you feel like it's helping you psychologically, if you feel like I'm taking this and it's helping me, then that is going to increase your confidence, which is in turn going to increase your you know ability to breastfeed a little bit better. Well, because your perception of what's going on. Your perce- yeah. Even just your perception of your milk supply. Exactly. Um, one of the things that I read, so the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine, and I know we talked about them um, a few episodes back because we did that um, sleep, that episode about like about sleep. Right. That came out of the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine. So the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine, um, they have our protocols for, you know, care and practice. And the galact- the one on Galacticogs, which I'll put this also in the show notes, um, they do not recommend, you know, they don't they don't recommend them necessarily because of the limited research. And that is one of like, I'm not huge in recommend. I never recommend them, honest to God, because there isn't research and I'm very like, I like my research and there's really not a lot of research behind any of this stuff that is definitive that I can really go by. Um, And the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine is like, there's really not a lot of research. They obviously say, you really need to look at the situation and figure out like before any medication comes into play, Mm-hmm. Any medication or any herbals come into play. We need to look at the situation and be like, why is there really a milk supply problem here? Which is what we've been saying this whole episode, right? Is yep. there really a milk supply problem? But they're also saying too, like, is this an anxiety issue? Does this person need to be treated for postpartum anxiety? And that is probably a lot of it too. Like we know that this is a very anxiety producing time of your life. Right. Having a baby is very anxiety producing. There's so much happening. And then when you throw into it, am I feeding my baby right? Is my baby getting enough to eat? I mean, that is like, you know, the cherry on top, really. Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot of they're saying, like, if we treat that, that's going to be helpful with any kind of lactation problem that you might be having. But I feel like that's that's difficult too because a lot of people don't want that treatment, yeah, or they're not looking for that treatment, or they're not taking the time for that treatment because they're too worried about their baby. It really is a cycle. Yeah, of, I mean, you're too trapped in your anxiety to do anything about your anxiety. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So so like, and we've got episodes on that too. But 
that is something to think about as well. Like if you really feel like, I feel like there's a milk supply problem here. I need to take something. I need to do something. What, you know, seeing a lactation consultant can be super helpful because if there isn't one, they can help you realize that there isn't a milk supply issue. But your lactation, unless your lactation consultant is a medical provider, like a nurse practitioner or a doctor, which there are some out there that are doctors for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, but I am not, so I can't prescribe you any kind of like anxiety medication right? because that's not what I do. But I definitely see parents with anxiety all the time. And yeah. sometimes they don't want it to be treated. You know, I mean, I remember having a friend like years ago, I helped her with her baby and then we ended up like staying friends, kind of like how I was saying in the beginning where it's like, I'm like, I want to be friends with all these people. (laughs) And she had like, so she, and she knew she probably should be treated for something, but refused because of even just like, even like, I think she, there was one time she had like a bad cold or something and her baby was almost a year. And I'm like, will you just take something? And she's like, no, I can't. I don't. I'm like, yeah, I have a friend like that right now who is like, yeah, who is really struggling with a lot of anxiety and is just too afraid to take stuff. Yeah. And it's like, this is, it's okay. But then your anxiety just like feeds off that too. Like I have so much anxiety. I should take something, but if I take something, it's going to bother my baby. And then I, so I can't take something. It's like, and then you run into like, am I really, is my milk okay? I don't know if I'm breastfeeding enough. Is it, do I have a milk supply problem? And that anxiety feeds into this stuff. And then then you start taking herbs or you start eating these cookies and you're putting all this money into this stuff. And it's like, do we need this at all? Is this just an anxiety issue that we need to address? Because this yeah. is no way to live. Right. This is no way to live. Yeah. Really isn't. And it's, it's something we, you know, so if you are struggling with it, definitely see a lactation consultant. If you feel like at all that you have a milk supply problem, if you are worried about it at all, talk to a lactation consultant because it might not be a a milk supply problem. It really might not be. It might be something going on with the baby, which of course nobody wants to think that at all. But sometimes babies just don't move the milk as well as they need to. And that will cause a milk supply problem. If we hear all the time, we're... It's treatable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you you can just fix it. And I mean, we hear all the time where people will say, you know, if the baby's weight gain isn't where they want it to be, they'll be like, I think you have a milk supply problem. It's like, based on what? Yeah, right. Because the baby didn't gain well? There's like 18,000 other things we can look at besides you have a milk supply problem. But when a pediatrician or a primary care doctor or anybody says that to you, that is going to sit in your head. Totally. And cause you even more anxiety. So definitely see a lactation consultant because they can help you work through a lot of this stuff before you start throwing money into lactation cookies or herbs that don't necessarily work. Definitely see a lactation consultant because that could make a huge, huge difference in your breastfeeding relationship. So yeah, absolutely. So not a lot of positivity yeah. around galacticogs, <laughs> but yeah, but I, I mean, mean, it's what everybody needs to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I do have a problem with because I know that there's some on the market that are like, you know. I don't like there's some out there that like even say that they're put together by lactation consultants that they are, oh, you yeah. know, 
And it's no, like the marketing really? is downright predatory. Even yeah. I mean, it's you know just like formula is. It's yeah, ju- it really. It's, yeah, it's all part of the marketing. I mean, like just it, whenever you're about to buy something, take a minute and think about. Yeah, and some of these herbs, honestly, like some of them, they are known to work maybe work, possibly work, but only in the first week when your milk supply is becoming established or only Uh the studies have only been done with preterm babies or this only works to increase breast tissue, not milk. You know, like it's, they aren't even, they might not be targeting what you want to target, but you don't know that because the information is so sketchy and so inconsistent. So really you got to be careful with this stuff. So. So yeah, that's that's my story on Galacticox. So just get some help before you make a decision. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thanks for listening. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Bye.